Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. It is a Thursday, and it is a wild Thursday. A lot of stuff going on with Oklahoma State. A lot of uh, Spencer Sanders news, Drew Brown innuendo. A lot to discuss with Kyle Porter. Kyle, it's been a busy day today so far. Yeah, we should start with the most obvious thing, which is that Montrell Pena committed to uh, Oklahoma State's 2020 basketball class, which gives them the, I think, 12th or 13th ranked class of the fall so far. You just got tunnel vision on basketball recruiting you wanna, right now? You want to start there or no? Is that the big headline today? <laughs> I mean, like, we just posted that because it just came out, and nobody's going to see it. I mean, nobody – like, it, it might not get read by a single person because yep. <laughs> it feels like, a, feels like a Monday or a Sunday just in terms of how much – uh, news has broken in the last 24 hours. It's been a it's been a wild few days. It has. It's uh, my phone's been been rather active over the last 24 hours. I know the chamber has been active over the last 24 hours too. So it's really it's a great time of year with all the crazy rumors and and speculation that gets well, thrown around to join the chamber to, yeah, to discuss it with other people. I was gonna say that the chamber is perfect because we the, there's so much going on that and you and I are trading texts about. Just the texts that we trade are hilarious because it's it's like very like there's just a lot of hyperbole and we don't totally know stuff, but we kind of know stuff. And so the chamber becomes perfect because you're like, hey, this is a thing that I'm hearing. I can't report it, but I'm going to throw it in here. And I think that's the sort of arena that everybody kind of understands, like they understand that you're not reporting it. It's it's weird to throw that stuff on like Twitter or Facebook, right? Because then it's just like, well, it's game over. It's lights out. So it really has become a great kind of playground for us to be like, hey, and we're not like making stuff up. It's like, hey, this is a thing I heard. It's I think it's real, but we don't have enough confirmation on it yet. Sure. I, I would agree with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, before we, we get into all the stuff we're going to talk about, let's get to mid first. Yeah, mid first. Um, they midfirst.com slash pistols firing. Uh, you can go up there, go over there and sign up for a credit card. Uh, you get a $150 bonus. You can earn points, burst our rewards options. Uh, big, big spending uh, time of the year coming up, Carson, around uh, Black Friday, Cyber, Cyber. Oh, we got to do something on the PFB store for Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, if you if you want to uh, show off your school spirit, show off your uh, yeah, Pistol Pete is on the front of their cards, so you can go there, uh, midfirst.com slash pistols firing, buy a couple Maple Cowboy shirts. Those things are selling like, uh, as Kyle Boone would emoji me, fire cakes. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've sold a lot of them, so go there, buy a couple of those with your, uh, your Midfirst card. I would suggest that. It is spending season. Uh, we got Christmas coming up, and... You know, my girlfriend's birthday is November 30th, so it's just double whammy. The credit yeah. card's getting getting worked, so get with MidFirst. <laughs> it's been a, I just want to say it's been a great partnership, Kyle. I really appreciate MidFirst coming on. They also sponsor the uh, – a friend, uh, not a friend of the show, a, a podcast friend of the show. They yeah. also sponsor the, the Sooner Scoop Pod and, and uh, really, really a great partnership. So I uh, just want to throw that out there. Funny quick story about that. I, uh, a buddy at church down here, uh, we met up for dinner – or we had them over for dinner a couple weeks ago. And, and he went to OU, and I said, what, what do you follow for OU stuff, for news? And he said, oh, Sooner Scoop. And uh, I said, Eddie, Eddie Radosevich. <laughs> he goes, horns up for peace, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was dying. It was Amazing. so good. Well, we're we're going to have to have him on uh, for Bedlam Week. We've had him on in years past. I've already got a few tweets demanding we have Eddie back on. Yeah. So we'll probably yeah. probably call him, and we have to call our dads I know. In, in, in debate who was better between Terry Miller and, and Chuba Hubbard. Their takes are going to be in the stratosphere. It's going to be unreal. My dad's already sent me a few spicy ones on, <laughs> on Chuba, so I'm interested to hear what he has to say. But first things first, let's get to the mid-first five. Uh, number one, obviously the Spencer Sanders news. 
you and I had been texting earlier in the week. And we both kind of had heard the same thing that he had had hand surgery. We didn't quite know the timetable at that point, but I'm like you, like I'd heard it on pretty good authority, but I'm not going to go on the news and on Twitter and, and, you know, just tweet it out there without 100% certainty because I'm not looking, I'm not looking for clout and I, I wasn't 100% certain, but I'd heard it on pretty good authority. He had hand surgery and was, was going to miss at least the West Virginia game, if not more. Yeah. I had heard it, uh, as well. I don't, I didn't hear it from like a the, the the thing for me, Carson, was the number of people that I heard it from was like, okay, like something is going on here. I, I don't, I didn't hear it from a person that I like was a, like could just trust a hundred percent though. And so you just, I don't know, you don't want to mess that stuff up because it just, I don't know. What do, what do you have other than people's trust? Right. Yeah. I guess I'd probably phrase it the same way too. Like I'd heard it from someone who would know, I would think, but I wasn't 1000% sure. So, but no, I mean, it, it was weird because he heard it against Kansas and still played, still threw the touchdown pass to Dylan Stoner, the deep touchdown pass, and then eventually came out of the game once the game was out of hand. So, really, at the time, it didn't feel like a potentially season ending injury. But, um, wow. I mean, it really, you hate it for Spencer because he had really started to cut down on the turnovers. They had really adjusted their offense around him to slow things down, and uh, you you hate it for him. Uh, but just what do you think about the injury when you when you saw it versus the the news we have now? Well, it didn't. I I guess when I saw it, it seemed I don't know if serious. It seemed legitimate. But then, like I don't know, a lot of the chat, like a lot of the talk around it afterward was like, eh, I don't know, NBD, like just not. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like a huge deal. And then Gundy, the, the thing that kind of got me though, was like Monday and, and Marshall Scott asked asked Gundy about this at his press conference. And Gundy, the way he phrased it was weird. Like he said something like he was out there with us on Sunday. Cause they practice on Sunday night. And you're like, well, what is, what does that mean? Like that's a, and I don't know. Gundy says weird stuff. So who knows? But uh, that was the first time where I was like, ah, oh, wait a second. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it stinks because, and I just wrote this, OU makes, uh, Brewer, what's, what's Brewer's first name? Charlie, Charlie. Brewer. I almost said Corey. It wasn't, didn't he play like Corey for Florida and play for Florida? Yeah. yeah. And, Charlie uh, Brewer. And, and Oklahoma too. Oh, I think. OU makes Charlie Brewer look like Michael Vick in the first half last week, and you're like, well, "What is, what is OSU's Army, you know, fast mill of an offense, uh, <laughs> going to look like with Sanders and Chuba running downhill at them?" So that that part was exciting to me, and it's just it's a bummer for him. I mean, Carson, he's not going to play a home bedlam game until his fourth year of college, which is wild. Whoa, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, um, I mean, it's no, crazy. But the, the part that, about what Gundy said to me that had my alarm bells going off, when he when he played dumb on, I don't know what the injury is, I don't know what they call it, I don't know what happened, I, I he said I don't know like six times about his starting quarterback. In, in what world does the head coach not know the extent of an injury to his quarterback's throwing hand? Like, come on. That was my first, okay, something's up here. Yeah. But um, at, while it does stink for, golly, not a home bedlam game this senior year. That's hard to wrap your mind around. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it does stink for him, but man, I mean, this is the opportunity that Drew Brown's been waiting for. And before we get to that, though, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. We, we moved immediately on from the Spencer Sanders text to the Drew Brown text yeah. today. So, I mean, obviously there's, it's just, it's funny to me, Kyle, because I tweeted, you know, this is the moment Drew's been waiting for. And I get like six tweets from people that just, think they know or think that think that I haven't heard the same things about Drew Brown like I don't like okay oh thank you for tweeting me that there's rumors going around Drew Brown's hurt I, I had no idea I'm just my head's in the sand like come on people like I've heard the same crap you know but uh, apparently he was banged up in practice but I think you and I believe that he's gonna play in the game yeah I would like to clarify my earlier statement I said facsimile I meant facsimile um, I I heard that. I didn't want to call you out though. I was let it slide. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Uh, yeah, the Drew Brown thing. So some of the same people who were telling me about uh, Sanders have been saying stuff about Brown, and it feels a lot 
more unsubstantiated. And and I guess what I mean by that is it doesn't seem as serious as I would have considered the Sanders stuff, even like when I first started hearing about it. So with Brown, like I, I think something like maybe he got dinged or whatever. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to start on Saturday, I guess is, is, like like the stuff that I've heard hasn't been serious enough to to lead me to believe that he's going to do anything but start on Saturday morning at eleven o'clock when OSU plays West Virginia. So that's that's kind of where I'm landing on the Brown stuff. But I mean, <laughs> who knows what do, what do they do if if I mean do they do you go Costello? Do you just do you just say Chuba just get back there and run for your life every play? <laughs> I mean, there are wild there are much, wild Chuba. The wild Canadian, there are much worse offenses nationally than than that one. But wild uh, maple leaf. The wild, yeah, the wild maple leaf. Uh, how many? Uh, by the way, Gundy's gonna be like, it's gonna be like Herb Brooks in Miracle, <laughs> right? Again, again, again. Just keep handing it off to him. Just Chuba fifty-one times. It's gonna be unbelievable. I can hear Gleason on the the headset. Mike, I have this great call <laughs> again, over the middle. We can throw it to Jelani. He just, he's right. He responds. Chew. <laughs> chew. What do you want me to run here, Mike? Chew. That's all. I, you're going to hear nothing but chew in the headset, uh, Sean Gleason. Just, just spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> the, the, and this whole thing, Kyle, just, this makes me really want college football to go to kind of the NFL rules where they yeah. have to report injuries. Cause all this, all this leads to unsubstantiated reports and really, People trying to to pry away at these students to, <laughs> as to what's going on with them. I mean, with social media, it, it is remarkable to me too, Kyle, that as soon as something's like percolating, I have like three or four people that don't work in the media texting me about Drew Brown. Yeah, and it's just, it's amazing how fast this day and age, the society we live in, <laughs> uh, how how fast uh, information flies around. But I kind of wish they go to the NFL model. It just cuts out the all the minutia of unsubstantiated quote unquote reporting on, on Twitter. Yeah. No, that, that's a great point because, and I've been so, I've just been so frustrated this week by the whole situation because you're talking to people and so it, it, it it's not, yeah, it's not a good situation because obviously like OSU doesn't want that stuff to get out, but it inevitably does. And that leads to like, there's just so much speculation from it just in the, in the ether and it, it just leads to just nonsense. Like the whole thing is just nonsense. Like there, there needs to be a more streamlined way of the information, like coming to light uh, because you're, it, it just put, it puts everybody in a bad situation. You and I are like trying to report on stuff, but not wanting to like get it wrong. And, and, you know, uh, players and their parents are being out and it's just like, what are we doing? Like just, have a injury report and and let's let that be the thing yeah i mean it leads to fan accounts tweeting about <laughs> tylen rolling in a wheelchair at stillwater med like and that he's going to be fine you know like shout out shout out to joe mixon yeah <laughs> yeah joe mixon has a broken leg and then rushes for like 200 yards the next weekend uh so that's number one you got anything more to add on on spencer and drew i mean you asked me about the the third string quarterback kyle i think it's kind of interesting i I know people are high on Brendan Costello in recruitment, specifically Dustin Ragusa, who yeah. just loves him. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to someone today about who the third-string backup quarterback is, and it was put to me, and this is not me, and again, he's a freshman. I'm just passing along that Costello can't play. Yeah. That, that he, is not, he is not impressed, and that they might even go with the walk-on over oh. him. <laughs> Now, you mean if, 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 I think if if it comes to that, yeah, I can't imagine they'd play a walk on over Costello. I think that's going a little bit far. But it was put to me that Costello has not impressed one iota thus go, far. Go with the Jelani Chuba backfield. Oh my gosh! Because Jelani can like, I mean, he can presumably still throw it. I I guess I don't I don't know. Literally, just run the belldozer with the zone read option to Chuba. Yeah, they that's all you got to do. They don't pass it anyway, Carson. I was looking. I mean, Sanders has what, like, fourteen pass attempts per game the last three. But the only team. So, so I was looking at this. You'll like this. Nobody. Uh, how am I going to say this? No, nobody has the only team that's passed it fewer times in the big, tw- like, in Big Twelve games this year is uh, is Kansas State. That's it. 
Like Oklahoma State doesn't pass the ball. And they're approaching, so they've run it on – so 63% of their plays this year uh, have been rushes, which doesn't sound like a high percentage, but it's the second highest of the Gundy era behind only 2008. And 2008, you'll uh, – I should save this. This will be my uh, This will be my one interesting thing. We'll revisit it. But 2008, Oklahoma State has two future uh, NFL wideouts – well, tight end and – Whiteout and Pettigrew and Dez, and they run it the most they've ever run it in the Gundy era, which is incredible. Uh, and we can revisit that. But all that to say, like, they're approaching a number of rushes this year that would be the heaviest uh, kind of run percentage in terms of play calls in the Gundy era uh, so far. Well, and I, I, I do think the quarterback play has led them down that road. I don't think they went into the season wanting to run it right. that percentage. Right. Um, but I do think Gundy likes that. I do think oh, that he loves it. He has a big grin on his face when they're just pounding the rock. Uh, and we, how many years have we talked on this podcast about him wanting to be Bill Snyder or yeah. slowly turning into Bill Snyder? Uh, so that's interesting. And you're right; they don't have to change a lot of what they do. And and I have a lot of confidence in Drew Brown if he's able to play. Well, that that that's what I was going to say. My last thing on this is just that I think I think if you got to go to somebody, I think Brown's a great guy to go to because I th- I think that there's a part of his brain where he thinks he's the best guy in the big 12 which whatever like great like go go be the best guy and i think it's a situation where like it's sort of the best like he's like the best backup you can possibly have because he's a veteran who's not good enough to like be at another power five starting right otherwise he would be but he's like as good as you can be without crossing that threshold and so like it's just I mean, in terms of, like, backup situations, I think it's as good as it gets. And look, Carson, half the times that they've beaten OU this century, which I get it, it's only four times, but half of them, they started a quarterback that didn't start the season. Rudolph uh, in 2014 and uh, Josh Fields in 2001. So Wow, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's. Uh, I think there's definitely some interesting stuff in play over the last two games. Interesting. Um Gundy talked a lot about how well-liked Drew Brown is. He was a captain against Kansas. And I think all you got to do is cue up the touchdown pass he threw to Stoner. The reaction of him and his offensive line, I think, really spoke to what Gundy was talking about. This guy's obviously really well-liked in the locker room, and it's a tremendous opportunity for him. So I, I'm interested to see what happens with that. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see who starts, and we'll, we'll probably talk more about that in our game picks. But uh, number two, uh, speaking of dilemmas, Mike Gundy's got a dilemma, Kyle. His son, Gunner, is playing in the state semifinals uh, for Stillwater against Choctaw on Friday. And they're obviously playing in Morgantown at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, he's got a dilemma on his hands. He has not said what he's going to do yet, but i got to imagine, Kyle, he'll, he'll go to his son's game. I mean, look, it, this is not like week four of the high school season against, you know, some rum dum. This is his senior season in the state semifinals. This game's a lot more important than than ones in the past that he's had to miss. So I, I would have no problem with it. I think I think all your work is done by Friday night anyway. I mean, he'd just be sitting in his hotel room in Morgantown, so I would have no issue if, if Mike so, goes. So would he, would he fly up on so, – when would he when would he leave? When would he go? Well, I mean, the game would end at 10, so you just hop on a plane then, right? Go east? Go, go east. I mean, yeah. really far east. I, don't, I mean, surely there's a private plane that OSU could could work out a situation for this. Does he get uh, like? Is he on the Ricky Fowler like NetJets plan? Like, what what is, what is his? Well, he's not on that, but he gets an allotment for like recruitment. But the guy makes <laughs> Here we go. the guy make the guy makes like six million dollars a year. Kyle, he can just pay for it himself. That's he a good need point. OSU to that's, pay for anything. That's like the best way to use your money if you're like super rich, right? Is to... he's Stillwater rich too? He's got six million yeah, Stillwater. That's, that's like, like being a billionaire. <laughs> I, and I'm not. I'm not demeaning Stillwater. It's a great place. I went to college there, but like the cost of living there is not very high. Is yeah, all I'm saying. no, it it is not. Uh, my parents are still there, and uh, it's yeah, it's not high. But uh, in terms of yeah, I don't like to do. I don't think anybody like. I don't think fans would care that much. Um, and I don't think the. I don't even think players like even know where he is on Friday night. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like I don't. I don't know that. I think that's like a no-brainer. 
Yeah, I just I think it does. If they if they lose the game to West Virginia, there's going to be some hot mm-hmm. takes out there that Whatever. he wasn't prepared and was, you know, he's too wrapped up in family. Not enough in football, but um, <laughs> it's Gunner's it's Gunner's semifinal. And I, I think they're probably going to win because Sillar is really good, which who, would set up a, a final against Bixby. Okay, so title. who's on the other side, Bixby and who? Yeah, it's Bixby, and it doesn't matter because Bixby, Bixby could probably win. There's two classes in 6A now in Oklahoma, and Bixby beat Jinx by like 50. What? And Jinx is in the higher level. Yeah, they they, they destroyed Jinx. Could Brendan Costello start at Bixby? <laughs> I, I'm sure he could. He's a he's a quality quality football player. He's getting adjusted to to college football. Uh, let me look up Bixby's schedule here. But uh, they they <laughs> this absolutely is, this is a Bixby podcast now. <laughs> Not to be confused with Bixby's Coffee. Uh, shout out to the uh, Shotgun Start. Yes. Um, but but no, I mean, that's going to be one of the best games probably all year, Stillwater against Bixby, if, if Stillwater does get past uh, Choctaw. So no, I mean, I think we're on the same page. Gundy missing or missing any meetings potentially on Friday is not a big deal. Yeah, I, that's a zero factor for me. I, I hope he does do that. I hope that's how he spends his money. That's a good way to spend your money. That's how I would spend my money if I was rich. Bixby beat Jinx fifty-seven to seven. Wow! And you know Bixby has a couple players committed to OSU. So. Yeah, they do. That's right. They're fifty-seven studs. to seven. It, what yes. happened to What happened to Jinx and Union? Well, Jinx lost their coach, Alan Trimble. Unfortunately, he had he's he's has a big health issue going on, and I don't know about Union. I don't follow them close enough, but. As soon as Alan Trimble stepped down, Jinx kind of went down a few notches. So Union needs uh, Dylan Stoner back. Stoner put it, Jinx. That's you yeah. mean. You mean Jeremy Smith? That no, you I'm, I meant Dylan Stoner. I just got it. I got it mixed up. Okay, let's move on to number three. Uh, it's been Jim Knowles week, Kyle. A lot of positive articles about Jim Knowles, and I'm here to say, uh, earlier this year, I wondered aloud on this show if hiring a defensive coordinator from Duke was hiring the best coach. I thought, you know, if you're going to pay five, 600 K go get a bigger name. I mean, you're paying big money. Why do you got to pay Duke's defensive coordinator that kind of money? Well, he's done a great job this year. I mean, obviously they had the debacles against Baylor and Texas tech. And again, I thought they played pretty well in the first half against tech. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Baylor situation against OU. You know, you, your offense keeps turning it over and going three and out. You put your defense in a bad spot. So all that being said, I think he's done a great job. And if the Broyles award was still taking candidates, I think he'd be right up there with the job he's done the second half of the year. He's been, he's been sensational. I thought, I thought Garen Emick wrote a really good article just about how well he's done this year. And, and Knowles is pretty humble and says he just puts players in positions to make plays. And I think look no further than his usage of trace Ford, his usage of Eamon Ogbong, Ogbong Bamiga. <laughs> And Malcolm Rodriguez. And Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, those are three players coming into this year, Kyle, we knew nothing about at the Big 12 level. New zero. And they have become all Big 12 caliber performers under Jim Knowles. He's done a great job. Yeah, I think that's a great point about those guys. And, you know, if you look at – so I'm looking at uh, defensive points per drive right now. They're right, right over two per drive allowed, which is a top 50 number nationally, which – I mean, look, in the Big 12, like Iowa State's uh, 1.97. And, you know, I don't think anybody thinks their defense is terrible. Texas is 2.3. They're 71st in the country. That's not very good. Uh, Baylor is 1.56. So, you know, I think Oklahoma State, even from like an advanced statistics standpoint, I mean, I, the turnover thing has been what has kind of turned the tide for me. And I get it. Some of it's luck. But they have really... I mean, that's how they, I, I don't know. I think, I think some of that is like being more confident in what you're doing and knowing where you're supposed to be, which Harvell Peel always knows where he's supposed to be and, and has really figured that out. So, uh, yeah, they've been great. And, you know, it's, it's so weird to think about losing QB1 if you're OSU and then be like, that's okay. Like, I think I think Oklahoma State's defense can go go win them a game on the road. And you're like, what am I saying? Like, it just it sounds crazy, but it's it's also kind of true right now. It is. It's it's bizarro world. I mean, how many how many years has been the opposite where the offense just had to score as many points as they could? I thought 
Kyle Cox wrote a really good article on your site since we're talking about the defense about Colby Harvell Peel. He has five interceptions, which I don't have the article pulled up, but I think what that matches Broderick Brown back in 2011. Yeah, yeah they had the same number of interceptions and uh, I think it was passes defended or pass breakups. Uh, and and Harvell Peel still has three games to go. And, and Brown was an All-American, right? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, we keep saying All-Big 12. I'm like, is he going to be an All-American? Like, might. I, I think he might be. I mean, I don't Who knows? Like, some that stuff's so – it's just arbitrary and subjective and whatever. By the way, I'm looking at the defensive points per drive. What do you think uh, – so Oklahoma State's at two, right at two per drive, which is, is a good number. It's a solid number. What do you think – who do you think leads the country and what do you think they're at? Leads the country? Yeah. Not the Big 12. Okay. So OU uh, is uh, 2.4 per drive, which is 75th in the country. Oh, it's it's got to be Ohio State at like 0. 0.6. 0. 0.5. I almost said 0. 0.5. That is sick. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah, like they're they're really – they're legit on both sides. I, I think they're definitely the favorite to, to win the national title this year. Um, them and LSU, but I, I think LSU's defense isn't quite as good as it used to be. Um, but one one last point on the uh, the defense here from our friend Adam Lunt. This is a really good observation. I think kind of illustrates the players and coaches getting more comfortable with each other in this system. Uh, Lunt tweeted, here is pressure rate, pressure from five-plus players from this season. You can see the progression from early season to current. Against Oregon State, the pressure rate was 7%. McNeese State, 28 Tulsa 18, Texas 4, K-State 22, Tech 16, Baylor 30, Iowa State 40, TCU 30, Kansas 50. Yeah. So they, they're, they're bringing the heat way more to, towards the latter half of the year, which to me illustrates trust in, in Knowles and in, in the back end of his defense and just the fact that he, he trusts his players to go, go, go get the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, it, he's doing it, a good job. It's a good point. I think a lot of that is confidence. Like when you start believing in some of that stuff, it gets going downhill. LSU, by the way, one point nine three points per drive allowed on defense. So that them and OSU have basically the same number. So I don't want. I mean, if if you want to talk about LSU's offense, great. Like let's talk about it. They're awesome. They're they're great. But some of what that some of what happens whenever you have a great offense is you put your defense out there. Time and this is what. This is, this is what pisses me off about the Big 12 SEC thing is like you, whenever it's like the SEC finds this offense and they're like, oh, well, that's what it this is like the effect that it has on a defense. It's not just playing like seven possessions a game. And so I think what you see with that is like, yeah, your, your offense can be great. And then but if they're playing fast, if they're put if they're out there a lot, put your defense out there a lot as well. And uh all of a sudden LSU drops off to 1.9 points per drive, which is kind of in the area that OSU's in. So I think that, I think that part of it is interesting. It's what I hate most about the, the narratives out there about conferences. Like for instance, Oklahoma's defense by the metrics has improved more than LSU's offense has improved right. yet. No one's talking about that or giving them any credit for that. And I just, I go back to 2011, Kyle, when OSU was, just molly whopping teams and up 50 <laughs> and giving up a couple late touchdowns, kind of like LSU is and giving up, you know, th- 20, 30 points when they score 60 and everyone just writes OSU off as a, as a one side wonder. They only play offense. They don't play defense yet. No one has mentioned that nationally about LSU, which, and again, the sec has about three good teams. The rest are bad as in not good. Why doesn't anyone talk about this? They have like the Big Twelve. There's not. There's not really. Here we go. Here we other go. Than, other than Oklahoma, like there's no great teams. There's there's good teams. Yeah, but none of them are bad. Arkansas shouldn't field a team. They should be relegated to the FCS level. Like <laughs> Ole, Ole Miss is bad at football. Sunbelt. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt isn't even a football program anymore. <laughs> Like, get out of here with this SEC hyperbole. <laughs> the Sun it's Belt, three teams. The it's Sun three Belt, teams, and the rest are terrible. The Sun Belt opener next year, Arkansas against Florida Atlantic. Yeah, like, like A&M's ranked. A&M is not any good at all. They just beat up on the bad teams in the SEC. A&M is not good uh, at all. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. 
I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think an A and M OSU bowl game would be interesting. That that's uh, that's in play, by the way. Well, we'll get to. I mean, we'll get to see OSU. OSU will get to prove it. OSU A and M, OSU Notre Dame. I think would be wild. Wild Wild Jelani's going to run all over A and M. I don't know if A and M's seen a Chuba this year. I guarantee you they haven't. <laughs> Nobody has in that league. There's only one Chuba. I need, I need Chuba in New York. I, I want that to happen. I am I am writing so hard for that to happen. Well, I think especially with OSU losing their quarterback, if he just goes bonkers, I think he will be. Yeah, so. again. We'll see. Uh, what Num- you picking this weekend? Yeah, uh, mid, mid first five, number four is our picks. Uh, look, like I, I'm kind of in on Drew Brown. I think he, I think he is. I, I think one of the things you face whenever you're put into this position is just a lack of confidence. And I think he doesn't lack confidence. And so I think the thing that he's really good at, which is having confidence, is is sort of the hold that you need to fill at this point of the year. So I, I, as long as he's like fine to play on Saturday, and again, I, I think he will be. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma State. I think I think uh, like 35, 20. Uh, I don't know if they'll score that many. I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say like thirty-one to twenty feel, feels about right. I like that. Uh, I have a question for you. Are you more confident this Saturday in Drew Brown or J.W. Walsh in twenty fifteen when Mason Rudolph was hurt? Uh, was that in was that at West? You talking about at West Virginia? No, no, no. I mean, in Bedlam, when oh. J.W. Walsh had to when, Be- when Bedlam in Bedlam when J.W. Walsh had to step in for broken foot, Mason Rudolph. Didn't that game feel over? Yeah, yes, yes. That was that the was that the uh, the mix and broken leg game, by the way, that we referenced earlier. I think that was the Bedlam game in uh, in Norman they, that we referenced. They all run together, but yeah. uh, no, I, I definitely more confidence in Drew Brown. Isn't that weird to say? Because J.W. Walsh had a good career at OSU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah that that OU team was good though. Well, yeah, different opponents, but I guess here's my point. And I haven't seen a ton of Drew Brown to to say either way, really. But I, I will say this: I think I have far more confidence in his throwing ability than I did J.W. Walsh. Yeah. Now you can argue, you know, Walsh is far more proven as a quarterback. I'm not asking that, but I do think we've seen enough of the, of his arm to where I think I would have more more confidence in Drew Brown in a Bedlam game and, and certainly against West Virginia. But it's just kind of weird to think about because J.W. Walsh was a very accomplished player at OSU. Yeah, uh, I'm picking similar score. I, I would I would uh, take the points. I don't think OSU is going to win by more than seven and a half. I'll go uh, 35-31. I think it's going to be close. I think uh, it'll go down the wire. I hope it Cause, does. Because, again, Kyle, besides all the quarterback issues we've talked about, this is a trap game. I mean, 11 a.m., yeah, yeah. the farthest road trip of the season with Bedlam looming. I mean, this is a bad spot for OSU before we even get into the details of the quarterbacks and, and everything else. And plus, West Virginia just started a new quarterback, uh, Seth Dagey's brother. Looked really good last week. They seem revitalized on offense with their new quarterback. And it's interesting too, Kyle. West Virginia is going to play this Deggy kid the last four games of the year. He still he still has eligibility next year. As far as he's not he doesn't have to burn a year. They're using the redshirt rule with him properly. I feel tell, like. So. Tell me more about this redshirt rule, Carson. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Hey, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is is usually really good against brand new quarterbacks who haven't seen the field much. Yeah, um, Brock Purdy comes to mind. <laughs> Chris Johnson, just, a, just a, oh my that's, god, that's the one that I can't get over. That one too, because he looked like Cam Newton and like never played quarterback again. He transferred to like Houston and became a tight end and yes, never played. Yes, that's exactly what happened. And yeah, you're like, OSU made him look like Cam freaking Newton. And they were ten and zero. It's not like it was in the middle of a of a. It's not like they were you know six and four. <laughs> I know he lit him up. I know. It was I was a, like ready. I was ready to see where his where he was going to go in the first round after that game. I was looking at mock drafts, looking for Chris Johnson. It was it was unbelievable um, what what he did to them. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't love the situation. I think that I do think that. I guess one of the questions that I had that somebody was throwing around in the chamber is does does OSU's offense? I know it doesn't change significantly, but how much different is it? than the offense we've seen the last three weeks because, you know, I think Brown and, and Sanders are similar, but I think, I think with 
Brown, you're probably going to throw it uh, more, I guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they won't. What, what do you think? Oh, I think they'll run the same offense. And I think they'll be – I think they'll be more conservative considering they're on the road um, with a first-time starting quarterback. So I think – as conservative as they've been at times, I think they'll be even more so in this situation, which is another reason I'm picking it to be a close game. Yeah. Now, I will say this, you know, against Kansas, they threw it deep. They weren't afraid to throw it deep with Drew Brown, so maybe they come out firing. I'm, I don't know. But my my guess, knowing Gundy, they come out they come out uh, Ann Coulter conservative. <laughs> I guess. I did not see that coming. Uh, near did I. Uh, number five on the uh, mid-first five. Uh, speaking of things blowing up today, I mean, I was prepared to just talk about Mason Rudolph's public apology he made yesterday, which I thought was really classy. Uh, Miles Garrett from the Browns is now accusing Mason of a using a racial slur during their fight, and he says that's why he used the helmet. And he was basically doing all this to, for, in front of the NFL Appeals Committee. But uh, they didn't buy it. They upheld his suspension, and they reduced Marquise Pouncey's suspension to two games. And uh, just what what are your thoughts on the latest escalation of this this saga? Uh, just more nonsense. I mean, I don't. Uh, the thing the thing that's hard, and we've talked about this with other situations on this podcast. But the thing that stinks for Rudolph is it's kind of <clears throat> well, it's kind of no win, right? Because like once that narrative is out there, even if you didn't do it, it's still out there, and it's just, it just, it's just a mess. I, I I don't I mean that I I don't think he said that. I think he said some other stuff that OSU fans probably wouldn't want to hear, but I don't think that was one of the things. Yeah, look, I I wasn't there, obviously. I don't I don't know what happened, but it it would be odd to me because if you watch the the clip. Whenever Mason has his helmet off and, and Ogan Joby, the defensive end from the Browns, comes up and decks him from behind, <laughs> you can see Mason's response. He calls him a female dog. <laughs> and this is after he got hit in, the head, hit in the head with a helmet. He's probably at his most angry. So you mean to tell me that he, he used a slur earlier but not there? I don't know. The whole, the whole thing, theme, the whole thing just seems to me like a far-fetched, really – storyline for miles Garrett to try to get a suspension reduced. I don't know. It, it, to me, it seems weak. And uh, his team, miles Garrett's own teammates say this is the first they've heard of that. Yeah, of that's, so that's, that's not the a, most telling part to me. That's not a good look. No. So, but again, I, I thought Mason was really classy. I thought he looked like a franchise quarterback up there talking about, you know, he, he took ownership of his role in it and said, you know, this is not what a Steeler is all about or being in the NFL is all about. So he, he said all the right things, Kyle, but now he's, he's got to go perform, man. He has, he has not played well. And, and he knows that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, you want to look like a franchise quarterback on the field as well as as well as off of it. Right. You ready to get to the uniform preview? Yeah, I gotta say, I've been like scrolling the last like ten minutes off and on, just trying to figure out what I'm gonna pick because I didn't I, I I didn't write anything down. I'm 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 a little rattled right now. I was too, and it dawned on me that like you know I I can remember what OSU wore in 2013 Bedlam, but I I don't remember anything they wore this year. I had I to like. Know. I searched uniforms on olds. pistols firing. We're olds. We are. I'm olds. I am officially a part of that group because <laughs> I had to go to your website and just search uniforms, and you had like the photo galleries of what they've worn at every game this year. So it kind of reminded me. But luckily, luckily for you, Kyle, the uh, the options are rather limited on the road. They are. I'm going to go with all white with the icy peat. They wore that last time in Morgantown. I think that's one of their tried and true combos. They try to wear every single season. I would like, though, Kyle, I don't think we've ever seen this. That's my actual pick. What I would probably go with, just to see what it looked like, because I'm all about trying new things, is the chrome orange helmet with Big Pete, white jersey, orange pants, yeah. just to see what that would look like. You know, I, I, was, know. I was thinking orange, white, orange. I'm not going to pick that exact one. Uh, but I think I, I will go orange, white, orange. Uh, first, though, let's. Um, we didn't do this off the top. I forgot. Let's get to this week's uh, – well, we've already gotten to it. Let's continue. I have, an, I have another take. We'll continue. We'll continue this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. For, for, for those of you who have ordered the, uh, the Maple Cowboy shirts that have gotten them and been praising us for fast delivery and great shirts, that ain't us. I mean, we are selling them, but 
uh, Chris's is uh, is making those and shipping them. So direct your praise toward them because they've been awesome. Love Chris's. You got to stop there if you go to a game in Stillwater. No yeah, doubt. For sure. Uh, okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to. Uh, I don't know. The, the all white. The all white is so easy to envision them wearing. Like it just feels like that's what they're going to wear. Yeah. But when, when it seems obvious, they, they, they seem to zig when you think they'll zag. They've won if, some... I, if I were you, if I were you, Kyle, I think they would want to use this helmet again since they came up with a new one. If I were you, I would pick the orange helmet they wore in Austin and go orange, white, orange. That's that just me. That was the uh, Chrome Bo Pete. What was that? It was a uh, scary Bo Pete on orange helmet, black face mask. Yeah. Uh, give me. So your... I, I don't know. I don't know how well the the Chrome orange Pete would look with the orange pants. They're kind of two different oranges. I think they might go with the. You know what I'm the, going with? What? I'm going with the. Uh... The black, white, orange, the bedlam combo from last year. Ooh, our favorite. I, my fa- Yeah, the best combo of all time. Best combo of all time. I don't know mm. that it fits here, but they, I think they like it a lot, and they haven't done it yet, and this is the last road game. so Love it. Yeah, I'm going with that. That's kind of a hedge, too, because if they wear orange, white, orange, you'll still get two right. Yeah, so yeah. I like that pick. Yeah. I'm still going all white with the ICP, but I would love to see. Your prediction or the other ones we talked about? Yeah. Um, uh, what do we got left to get to here? One interesting thing? Yeah, we got one interesting thing, but uh, we need to talk about we need to talk about mid-first again. Carson, they are uh, J.D. Power highest satisfaction score for the second year in a row. And uh, Oklahoma and Reader's Choice Awards, they've been the best bank six years in a row. And they've been the best mobile app two years in a row. I know how hard it is to figure out your website, your app, whatever on mobile. And uh, they have uh, they've been very decorated for their uh, efforts there. So congrats to them. Uh, thanks again to them for uh, sponsoring. You guys check out midfirst.com slash pistols firing. Um, we do have one interesting thing. And uh, we'll we'll hear from Chris's again at the very end, but I, I want you to go with your one interesting thing because I, I think it's also pretty intriguing. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to like my my stance on injury reports and a little bit more transparency with with college football and and just news that's out there. A very bizarre situation with C.D. Lamb uh, against Baylor. He suited up, warmed up, full pads and didn't play in the game and switched to street clothes, and, and Lincoln Riley's calling it a medical issue. I've heard all sorts of wild things. My phone has been dealing with that as well this week about what really occurred. I mean, some people are speculating he was actually suspended, not injured. Lincoln Riley is not saying a word about it. He is, he's always been secretive, but he's taken it to new heights. And I think, again, and he really, he kind of pissed off the college game day crew. If you watch the, the OU Baylor game, Chris Fowler... And Herbie went on about it for a little while, about how they felt misled by his status. That's not a good look for OU. And I just, to me, that it just, it speaks more to transparency is your friend. Like it leads to a lot less headaches and it leads to a lot less of a mess for, for your football program, I feel like. I do get coaches not wanting the opposing coaches to know about certain players being injured, not being able to play. I, I totally get that. And I think maybe Lincoln Riley might be trying to protect CD for either awards or draft status. Who knows? I don't know what's going on with that. But to me, that just shines even more of a light on the, on the lack of transparency and all the all the crap you got to sift through with rumors and Twitter and innuendo. I, I mean, who knows if he's going to play this week or at Bedlam too? That's a huge development for OSU. I was I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think it's hilarious that. So I'm in two worlds. You're in more than two, but I'm in two. I'm in golf and I'm in Oklahoma State. Well, college, we'll say college football and college basketball, but that is just kind of this, there's overlap. Same same worlds. It is easier to like t- like uh, g- get information and be close to the most famous people in the golf world than it is in like college basketball, college football world, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the weirdest thing to me that like, I mean, Tiger aside, Tiger's different. Obviously that's its own, he's his own world. Like that's way different. 
but it's just so weird to me like how much and i don't know if it's like fear-based or i don't know what it is but there's so much like secrecy and it's it's like a it's like a war i mean it's so bizarre like just (laughs) how how uh, much much deception and everything else there is and it, it, i get it like I, I i'm not i think that's a cultural thing i i'm not i don't think that's anybody's to be blamed for that if i was in that position i probably would do the same thing but i, I think culturally it's just a it's a weird world that you don't necessarily find in other sports it is and typically coaches and programs take themselves far too seriously as well to your point is the nba like that i've never been in that world um in terms of what well in terms of i guess i guess the the nba is a little bit like that just because of like like presti and and oklahoma city and all their secrecy like are is it or are people more open about stuff in the nba yeah typically players and, and coaches are far more open and they just frankly they have far more availabilities to where you get to ask about drew brown's health today like they're available like every day isn't that except, weird? Except for a few days out of the year. Um, it's it's old school. They have the old school ways of doing it. But no, I, I do think the Thunder are even, they're, they're like the CIA. So they're they're probably a bad example. But <laughs> um, but no, it's it's weird and it's it's a mess. And I do think CeeDee Lamb's status is, is in question moving forward. We'll have to see if he plays this weekend. And to me, he's been OU's best player, if not one of the best players in the entire country. So that's a big development for, for Bedlam. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Uh, what am I going to go with here? Let's go back to, um, I mentioned this earlier. Actually, you know what? Let's do this. I got, I got a stat for you. So Oklahoma state has signed, um, Cade Cunningham. They've got Rondell Walker. Mm. They've got Montrell Pena. I just got that, uh, re- I got that, uh, email announced that the release. What am I trying to say? I don't know the 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 <laughs> the press release from OSU during this podcast. So they're up to the 13th best class on two four seven. I think it's it's 12 or 13 something like that. How about this stat, Carson? If they get JT Thor, who I, you know, he didn't sign in the early signing period. There's a lot going on there. I, I don't know. Everybody still seems to say that he's coming to OSU. And then if they go get, and this is where the 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 smoke has been, which is interesting. Pistols firing might have started it. I'm not positive, but <laughs> there's been a little smoke around Greg Brown, who is a center out of Texas, who is a top 10 guy. And the reason there's smoke is because Oklahoma State has now gotten three of his uh, AAU teammates from the Texas Titans. So Cunningham, Walker, and Pena uh, all played together in the summer with uh, or on a, on the AAU on in AAU ball with. Greg Brown, and he's somebody who everybody thinks is going to Texas. But if they get him and Thor, they would have a class that would probably finish like third in the country. They they would be at a number that finished third in the country last year, so third, fourth, second, something like that. And we're not even talking about like, oh, well, if they get these five guys, we're talking about one domino that seems like it's definitely going to fall, and another that it actually makes a lot of sense if it would, and. Uh, Man, that's exciting. That is that is crazy, and uh, just I, I think everything that happens in the wake of the the cunning the Cade Cunningham stuff is is fascinating. And I think next year, I mean, I've said this multiple times on here, but next year is such a big year to keep that momentum going to for for Cunningham to fill up Gallagher Iba, and for Gallagher Iba to start closing out recruits and not just having your brother on staff as a coach. I think is going to be a really big deal for OSU. Whew. Let me let me take a sip of water here. <laughs> so I'm looking at Greg Brown's profile. Uh, seventh in the country. Yeah. Uh, five stars. You mentioned he plays for the Texas Titans, Kate Cunningham's AAU team. Uh, when is Mike Boyne hiring the Titans head coach? Because, yeah. or when are they changing the team name to the Oklahoma State Titans? Because I'm all for it if they get Greg Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, to your point, I. I I think this approaches. It might not be ranked as high, just on the pure rankings, but it might be a better class than the one OSU signed in 05 with Gerald Green. Yeah. Just yeah. when you start stacking up player for player, there might have been more players signed that year in 05. 
But holy moly, what a haul that would be for Mike Boynton. Yeah, it, it would be unbelievable. Uh, I did have one. Actually, I'll, I'll give you this after. Uh, let's hear. Uh, <laughs> there's a thread in the chamber that says, is Montreal Pena related to AI, which is the best thread topic ever. I just saw AI. That. Alan Iverson, bro. Why, why would that be? I don't know. Somebody just threw no, it. No, he, he's saying is he related to Al, as in Al Pena. <laughs> is he? No, but the, the name Pena just makes him think of Al Pena from back <laughs> in the day. Of course he's not related to Al Pena. <laughs> AI? You we thought need, that was AI? We need to, we need to take a break. <laughs> I gotta AI? Go, I got to go to a break. <laughs> Get me out of here. Al Al Pena. Okay, that's a, that a name. I'll be back. We'll be back, and I've got one thing that I think is gonna kill you to end it. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986, and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise, and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Uh, This is going to kill me more than AI? (laughs) (laughs) It looked like AI. I just saw it. I'm just reacting. On, this is, we'll do it live. We're doing it live. Oh my goodness. That's so, hilarious. So this guy said, so there's this thread in the chamber about um, OSU baseball and people are going back and forth. And, and I said, somebody said, of course, the, the major league draft can wreak havoc with like your recruiting class. And I said, the trickiest thing in baseball is to recruit guys who are really good, but not too good. So that they're like getting drafted and and like you know going to the nationals instead of to Stillwater, and I said and then I said on on second thought Mike Gundy would have would like thrive as a baseball coach, like getting getting recruits that yeah. are that are good but not too good, and then developing them. And somebody said, somebody said, do you think Gundy would have recruited Trace Ford to play baseball after watching him rack up two sacks? And a forced fumble in a varsity football game. <laughs> the inverse of his actual recruiting story. I was dying whenever I saw that. I thought that was the the funniest thing. That's hilarious. It was so good. No, but Gundy would he would get guys under the radar, but they would they would put they would have so much production, just like his football program, that the guys would still leave early. Like he'd recruit some dude from from Canada, it turns into like the best power hitter we've seen since Pete and Cavillia. Yeah. I know Use the Chuba Hubbard analogy. I know. That's great. I like that. Um, okay. We've, we've, I got to recover from my AI comment. I got to, I need to, I got to <laughs> cool off. Should be a fun weekend. We'll forget, uh, shout out to Al Pena. I went to college with Al Pena, but, uh, I did not go to college with Alan Iverson. So, it is definitely time for us to call it a wrap, Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have a fun weekend ahead with West Virginia. We'll have to see who, which quarterback plays and how well they play, and we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Talk to you soon, Carson.